Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we are still in the confines of beautiful and, well, once lovely Venice. Uh, in the last installment of our campaign here, the investigators begin to notice that Venice is changing. Some rather nasty coloring is taken to the canals and that uh, some perhaps discoloring is beginning to happen to some of its citizens. More on that later, though. Uh, so we'd like to start the program by thanking all of our listeners and thanking all of our backers. And then also, of course, thanking our cast members for their time and energy in the production of this show. If you would like to back the show, you can do so on, on patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. Come by, see what we have to offer, and join in on all the fun. And so, without further ado, to my right. Hi there, this is Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser. And to Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena, and I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I'm having a wonderful time in Venice. I don't know what you people are on about. I have no doubt that you're having a wonderful time at the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and... Thankfully, I have a report now going back to Dr. Pierce, and I don't have to write it. Yes. By the uh, virtue of one Miss Mia, you have a fun report going back. I'm sure nothing terrible will happen at all. To Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, I'm Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger. And what's a girl got to do to get a stiff one around here? That's a great question, Miss Bellinger. If you just hold with me tight, I am certain you'll get one. And last, but most certainly not least, I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. Richard will do anything after a nice cup of tea, but definitely not before. Okay, well, we've still established the ground rules. So, we'll open our story tonight with Daybreak. Venice has uh, come to life once again, and the investigators are beginning to bubble and wake up. Some of them have some... uh, Probably some rather fitful dreams. Uh, in fact, Mr. Fraser, you have a rather troubling dream. One that involves some very disturbing imagery and sounds. Your your presence, your eyes, your very form walks the streets of Venice in your dreams. And as it does so, a few voices are heard along the canals. The buildings, the walkways are all desolate. It's as if you've come here after a time of war, but there's no munition markings or or any sort of obvious signs of war, except that there is an absence of life. The canals are black completely. And even the stones along the sides of canals begin to pit. 
and decay. And as your footsteps walk along the Grand Canal, you can hear voices in the distance, screams of terror and death as you're overcome by the feeling that something is closing around you physically. When eventually he does wake, Mr. Fraser is a a little disconcerted by, by these rather unsettling dreams. Wakes up and has a a glass of water. He says, always has a glass of water sitting beside his bed. Takes a sip. His mouth is somewhat dry. Just tries to settle himself um, and put the thoughts out of his head. Just dreams. Just just the, the way your mind reorganizes thoughts that are in your head and things that have happened to you. Nothing to worry about. And uh, he'll, he'll get dressed and and make himself presentable for uh, for the morning. At the appropriate time, he'll uh, go down and ensure that Lady Elizabeth's breakfast tray is ready to be brought up uh, at her usual time, which is around which is around eight eight o'clock in the morning or so. Um, I don't believe she specified that she wanted to be up any earlier than that. No, uh, she hadn't. When you collect her breakfast tray, you see that the lobby has maybe half the guests that it used to. The staff here is also a little thin, and people seem to be moving about with purpose. There's no leisure left in their pace. I mean, I guess that during the time that um, he's been there, you know, a couple of days now, he he probably have um, spoken to some members of staff, maybe gotten to know the um, uh, the the duty manager, that that kind of thing, Um, and. uh, See if he can get the attention of uh, of someone. And uh, excuse me, is uh, is there something happening in the ho- hotel? I notice it's uh, it's quiet this morning. Hmm. The uh, floor manager nods at you and steps a little closer. There's been some unrest last night. Unrest? In what sense do you mean? Now there's. Uh, you heard of the children yesterday? Yes. I, I, I did. Uh, I yes, yes, I did. I. There's been more of this uh, in the uh, mm. northern part of the city and in the uh, in the east. And really? there are there are several some several groups of people who uh, have taken it upon themselves to um, begin um, cleaning the city. Cleaning? I'm not quite sure. I follow. Do you mean leaving the city? No, sir. No, sir. Um, I do not. He passes you the breakfast tray, and on it you see the morning paper, which you'd usually, of course, reserve for yourself, knowing that Lady Elizabeth would want to read it at some point. Mm-hmm. And displayed across the front of it, in both Italian and in subtext in English, it reports that there were a couple of mobs had been reported in Venice. They were looting. There was some violence last night. Oh, dear. But the city is not well. I see, I see what you mean. It's always the way. Uh, tell me, this uh, this illness or whatever it is, is, is it just the children that are being affected? No. Adults as well. I see. Does anybody have any, any, any ideas as to what it is? We tend to think it's the canal water. Ah, yes, I did notice that... Um, it was not quite as uh, 
clear as uh, as I expected it to be. Well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. Uh, it's very strange. That's very unfortunate. People, people behaving like this. It's uh, most unseemly. You get stopped by uh, one of the messenger boys at the hotel. He says, uh, "Excuse me. Uh, is it uh, Monsieur Fraser?" Uh, Fraser, I. That's that's right. Uh, what can I do for you, young lad? Oh, there. He seems to. There's oh. a, a call. Oh, uh, ah, right. Uh, uh, very well. Uh, thank you. They're holding it for you now. Oh, uh, I see. Um, very well. I'll just, uh, I'll just bring this up and, uh, then I'll attend uh, to it. Is there, um, any message for me or is just, just, uh, and he hands you the note. Oh, thank you. Right. Well, I shall be there momentarily. I just, uh, just need to deal with this first. Thank you. Of course. Uh, for your trouble. I know. Hand him a couple of coins. He takes it and shoves it immediately into his pocket. Right, off you go, lad. Thank you very much. And I'll take the tray up. So we'll walk up with you to Lady Elizabeth's room. I would say there is both the exhilaration of a night well spent, Lady Elizabeth, and the slight forlornness that you're back in your room and things are back to normal so to speak with the world although maybe not with your heart yes I uh, was coming down the hallway and I saw Mr. Fraser going downstairs so I waited until he was gone before I got to my room and I haven't quite had time to change yet so I'm still wearing the same dress I was wearing last night but he probably won't notice right probably not he's just a man he won't notice yeah like Fraser won't notice what you're wearing. He knows exactly what you wear every day. But I'm feeling a bit restless, I guess, after a good night. Don't want to go to sleep. It's time to be awake, but also I don't know quite what to do with myself at the moment. And on that bombshell, Mr. Fraser arrives. will be the, the usual gentle tap at the door. Come in, Mr. Fraser. Good morning, your ladyship. Uh, I have your breakfast here, uh, Oh, I see you're uh, you're awake already. Um, yes, quite. It's morning. Indeed, indeed. Surprisingly. Well, we have uh, the little coffee for you, um, and uh, uh, some pastries, and uh, there is a uh, newspaper here for you as well. There seems to have been some sort of commotion uh, in the night, your ladyship. Was there? I hadn't noticed. What sort of commotion? Well, it's here, here in the paper, um... This uh, this business with the, the illness, or whatever it is exactly, uh, seems to have uh, caused a certain amount of uh, panic in the city. And uh, well, some of the residents are behaving in a uh, less than desirable fashion. Ah. Well, we shall have to move fairly quickly then, Sean. Aye, aye, I'm... Uh, I'm rather beginning to wonder if it's uh, not in some way connected to our purpose here in the same way that uh, we saw in Milan, that general feeling of uh, of malaise and depression that was on the city. This does smack of something similar to me. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with all the reading we've done recently. Yes, I think we shall have to finish somewhat quickly in Venice. 
the, uh, the water of the canal, I understand, is being held responsible. I have noticed myself that it is, uh, it is rather uh, black, oily. Doesn't seem quite right to me. No, it really doesn't. When the others are awake, we shall have to, uh, what is it the Americans say, get moving? Aye, yes, indeed. Um, what is it? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Your Ladyship. I, um, there has been a message for me uh, at the other hotel. Uh, would you mind awfully if I uh, pop down there for a few minutes just to just to follow it up? Um, I'm hoping that I might have some, uh, some news. By all means, Mr. Fraser. And you, you notice, whereas when you saw her before, she was just sort of happy. She's positively glowing at the moment. And she's actually smiling at you again. But perhaps you don't want to touch her. Might not be a good idea. But she is smiling at you. Mr. Fraser remains impassive. Well, uh, thank you very much, Your Ladyship. Um, I shall be back as, uh, as as quickly as I can, and uh, perhaps then the others will be uh, awakened about. Very well. Off you go. Thank you. And uh, go ahead with that. Very well. Why don't you give me a spot hidden roll, Lady Elizabeth? Okay. Mm-hmm. 22, which is certainly a hard success for me. Yes, 22 under 63. It smells like incense from somewhere. I immediately look in the direction of the professor's room. Well, uh, I mean, there's a wall there, obviously, but it's hard to say exactly what. If I open the the door after Mr. Fraser leaves, do I smell it more strongly in one direction or the other? Mm, No, you don't smell it strongly at all, really, in the hallway. Interesting. So I'll have a look around my, my room then to see if I can figure out where it's coming from. You go towards the window. You realize that the the window to your room is cracked just slightly. I'll lift it a little bit further. You lift it. Unlike the uh, previous view that you had from another room, your view is not as exceptional. It actually looks down on a section of uh, the alleyway nearby, which leads to uh, the uh, San Marco Plaza. What you see there is troubling. There's a pile, two, perhaps three, pile of people. They're huddled over some broken pieces of wood which have been lit. And this pile of people, you realize, are dead. And they're being burned. Highly unorthodox to be burning corpses outside a hotel, even in times of plague. It's worse, though, because it's being attended to by what you believe are religious practitioners. Um, You see the full Catholic garments adorning them. You see them giving final rites to these sad, stricken people. And you just get this weird feeling in your gut that this is not the end of the fanaticism. Well, that's disturbing. I'll close the window all the way and have my breakfast and look at the paper. It's not like I'm going to go out in the street and look after some corpses. Wouldn't be appropriate. The papers detail a fair amount of isolated looting and violent mobs throughout Venice. Unrest is increasing, and it seems to be increasing because this reaction what's going on in the canals, the blackening of them, is getting worse. Fueling this, too, is the sudden political unrest from the university district. The paper claims that communists 
in the university district are making this worse. So you, you realize a couple of things pretty quickly, and that is the newspaper you're reading is a fascist newspaper. And so it's blaming the communists for everything. Not uncommon. But the truth of the matter is still threaded through there. And that is Venice has a problem, a real medical problem. And so being someone who has um, dealt with a lifetime, really, of difficulties from the medical front, you're a little concerned about your own health in an all new way. Just what you needed. Yes, between my bastard of a half-brother showing up and wanting to have tea, apparently, and now the plague and the fascists, starting to think Italy is not the place for me. Very well. Miss Ballinger, while yesterday was trying, you slept fitfully fine. You're actually a little hungrier than you normally would be. How do I feel elsewise? How are my lungs? And maybe, like, one of my arms? You haven't really felt anything from this morning, but you just sat up. Mm -hmm. You don't feel any deep pressure on your lungs at the moment, which is nice. Mm -hmm. There's nothing for you to vomit up, which is also nice. The medicine Paul gave me must have worked then. Clearly. Yes. But there is something about yesterday that's troubling. Oh, what's that? I could make a list, I think. Well, perhaps you should. The troubling thing about yesterday is you're going to have to go visit a doll manufacturer. And dolls are okay, but their faces maybe sometimes are a little too real for you. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that. I should probably get myself something to eat and steal myself for the day ahead. Possibly, I don't know, fighting off dolls or who knows what we may encounter today after everything that we've seen. So Mm. Maggie doesn't necessarily want to face everyone again today. First thing in the morning, that might be a lot. So she would probably head down and start to eat breakfast by herself. Fair enough. Professor, how goes your morning? Um, I'm going to say that Richard wakes up and um, contemplates what's happened over the last few hours, which is a lot, basically, from many different angles, many different things, many different um, horrific experiences, things that have been unexpected. And um, yeah, I mean, bizarre. Poor guy. He's feeling somewhat sort of bashful this morning. He seems to have irritated everybody again somehow. He doesn't quite know he does it, but he does. So I, I, I think he's probably just going to uh, awkwardly sit around in his room, hoping that somebody might knock on his door to see if he's coming down for breakfast. Hmm. Fair enough. Why don't you give me a power roll? Oh dear. Uh, 72 under 80, so it's a pass. You sit around in your room for a few minutes kind of play hard to get just a little because you really want to feel like people want you around it's been a really tough couple of days for you and there against the wall just beyond the bed is that mirror you don't want to look you really don't but you feel yourself drawn to the mirror again 
maybe see how you look today to make sure that you're you're okay. I've had others inspect these lines and you begin to feel the threads that are running through your skin now and how they've embossed their way above the normal skin level. They're a little tight today. Yeah. And so you go over to the mirror, unable to deny its draw. And you look long and hard at these multicolored, most uh, ecclesiastical sun shine that goes on underneath your shirt. And as you look at yourself, you respond to yourself, your own thoughts. As anyone does, you have your own thoughts. And then your thoughts spring to life in front of you. And you suddenly see your face from before. You see your body move without your permission. And your reflection smiles at you from the other side of the mirror. Make sand roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a 64, which is a fail. Very good. Who's the point of sanity? It happens just for a moment. It's just a flicker. And then you're right back to being who you are. Whomever that is. Well, that's put poor Richard off uh, a little bit more. He thought he was safe in his own hotel room and, uh, well, perhaps he should be afraid of himself rather than his companions. Hmm. Simon, your morning arrives with uh, a little bit of tension. The smell outside is not a pleasant one. It's one you've smelled before. Unfortunately, sometimes in war, the dead cannot be buried. And so when... The smell of burned flesh and wood creeps through your hotel room and into your nostrils. You wake with fright. You know how quickly society can break down when things like this happen. It's happening again. Simon is going to go ahead and I'm assuming it's, is it safe to assume I have a pitcher of water in my room? Certainly. I'm going to dampen a handkerchief. Okay. Tie it over or hold it over my mouth. uh, Just for the simple fact that there's going to be ashes and everything else. And uh, I'm going to head downstairs. Well, first I'm going to peek out my window. I'm not sure if I'm facing the correct direction or not. You are facing a very similar direction that uh, Lady Elizabeth's room faces. So you can see, in effect, what she saw or the after effects of it can see that there was some sort of religious ceremony here and there are several bodies being burned below Simon's going to go ahead and get dressed and he will load up today alright very well pistol and knife we'll check the trunk uh, make sure it's properly latched and closed tuck it away and head down to breakfast where you see uh, Miss Bellinger morning miss maggie oh hello simon you can smell what's happening outside correct yes it's awful um suggestion when we were back in the uh, trenches we sometimes especially if we go outside we would cover our face at least our nose and mouth with a slightly damp handkerchief to keep the ashes and all out well i appreciate your concern simon uh, I'm, my lungs are feeling great today, though. 
Yeah, but this is not something you want necessarily hanging around in. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna. Th I think I'm gonna grab some breakfast and then I'm gonna take a peek outside and see what's all going on. I, I didn't see many policemen down there. I mean, who's running the city while all this is going on? I think the city's running itself, currently. I don't know if there's any policing these people right now. We don't want the city to run them up. Or, alternatively, it may be a good distraction from what we're going to do today, which is also run amok. Fair. That is a good point. The two of you get served breakfast in a regular fashion. The staff still affords you every courtesy that they can. There's a lot of talk amongst the staff members in Italian, of course, but also there's an understandable concern. Like they look out the windows of the front of the hotel and they seem to linger a little bit. Simon, I would join you. You said you wanted to go out and take a look around, but I, I think I might stay here. That's fair. If anyone else comes down, I'm just going to be in the plaza. Just want to get a feel for the city right now. Yes, I'll let anyone else know. Thank you. All right, Simon, you exit out towards the plaza. I would like to turn our camera to the footsteps of Mr. Fraser as he's likely set a good pace towards the greedy hotel. Yes, absolutely. He's, uh, he's not going to waste any time um, if there's a, a message for him. Um, mm. He knows who it's likely to be from. We do. He's very keen to to see what, what news there might be. So he's going to kind of make make best haste in the um, take the most direct route down to the hotel. Yeah, it's just a straight walk up the canal, mm. the Grand Canal, towards the hotel. And it really affords you a rather shocking view of Venice and the extent at which the canals have gone dark as a raven's breast. That sounds ominous. I think he will take a moment to um, kind of maybe go crouch down a little bit. He definitely doesn't want to put his finger in the water or anything like that because, you know, he's concerned that there might be some contamination or anything. But I think, you know, he, he's, he's, he is quite interested to get a, a a slightly closer look as well, just to see if you can see, is it oil? Is it tar? Is it gasoline or something like that? You know, can, can he tell just from looking? Yeah, it, it definitely has the smell of gasoline. It's actually, the, the stench today is actually not so overpowering as it was yesterday, but it's much more pervasive. You can see that there are what you appear to be academics who are uh, with long, uh, holders and and tubes they're pulling water out of uh, it to to seemingly test it mm. to your right as you're making your way up you see that there's a flood of people that are heading to San Marco Basilica and they seem to be parishioners mm. the fear is palatable yeah he kind of imagines that they're, they're probably headed over to the um, to the church to uh, pray for salvation he doesn't really have time to, to waste speaking to these uh, academics or, or finding out anything more about where these people are going. But is there a tide? Am I right in thinking that the canals in Venice are seawater? You are correct in that, sir. As he walks, he's thinking, this contamination must be originating somewhere. It can't just be spontaneously appearing. Well, he, 
in theory. You can't, it can't just be spontaneously appearing in the water. Mm. If you can get any sense of what the if, if there is some sort of a flow of water um, in the canals, or you know, if, if you can get some sort of idea about is it likely to be coming in from the sea or leaking out of some the, the, the cellars of some building that you know presumably that the, the houses how are the houses built in Venice? Are they built on solid ground that the canals um, sort of wend their way through? Yeah, so they're they're built on the basically they're built up from an, the island pieces that are there and then foundations are laid on top of foundations and right. that's been going on for hundreds of years uh, it's set on the Adriatic right. so the water of the canals is the water of the Adriatic yeah. but, which eventually leads to the Mediterranean but uh, but yeah there's a, you hadn't really thought before that maybe it could have leaked out of somewhere beneath but that's certainly a possibility I'm assuming the water kind of laps up against the sides of the buildings and there might be cellars or, or basements in the buildings that actually go down below the level of the of the canal. Certainly possible. But you continue hustling. Yep, I continue hustling and, and uh, head head down to the uh, the hotel and uh, um, I'll go up, I'll just go straight up to the the reception. Uh, good morning. I understand uh, there's a, a message f- for me. Uh, is there a, a telephone that uh, uh, is available I could use? Yes. Um, Fraser? Uh, yes, that, that's correct. Yes, yes. James Fraser. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right this way. Thank you. And you see a, a familiar young lad holding a telephone receiver. Ah, jolly good. <laughs> he hands it to you. A very attentive young fellow. Thank you. Mm. He steps to the side and just kind of... Um, Keeps a respectful distance. Yeah, so I will. Uh, I will make sure that um, conversation can't be overheard. Certainly. Good morning, Palaki's private inquiry office. Oh, good morning. Uh, could I speak to Mister Aidan Moore, please? Yeah, certainly, sir. I'll see if he's available. Uh, can I ask who's calling, please? Yes, uh, please tell him it's Mister James Fraser. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, please give me one moment, and I'll see if Mister Moore is available. Thank you. I'm putting you through now, sir. Thank you. Good morning. Aidan Moore speaking. Ah, good morning, Aidan. It's James Fraser here. Oh, morning, James. Uh, Yes, uh, of course, uh, I've been expecting your call. Uh, How are you? Uh, Well, thank you. Uh, And yourself? Uh, I'll do, if you don't look too closely. Indeed. Uh, and uh, Eileen and the children, uh, they are well, I trust? Oh, they're grand, thanks. Running rings round me as ever. Ah, good, good. Uh, well, I was calling to see if you have an update for me. I gather you've been abroad. Well, straight to business then, right enough. Uh, yes, uh, I'm afraid so. Uh, how is the case proceeding? Well, uh, I'm just in the middle of writing my report as it goes. Uh, how much do you know already? Precious little, I'm afraid. The office informed me that you'd recently been in Paris, but uh, not much more than that. Aye, well, there's a fair bit to tell. Uh, To be honest with you, James, I'd rather we could speak face-to-face and not over the telephone. Indeed? Aye, well, not to put too fine a point on it, there's something distinctly fishy about this fella Fitzgeorge, or whoever he is. This much is certain. Uh, Please, go on. Well... 
As you know, I've been digging around trying to find out a bit more about the man. It's not been easy. He's a, a bit of an enigma, to be honest with you. Really? How so? Oh, what I mean is, uh, he just sort of pops up out of nowhere, so to speak. He seems to have more than one residence, but as far as I can tell, he actually lives in none of them. Go on. Aye, well, he's been spending a fair bit of his time with the family of a, a timber merchant here in London, the name of Beaton, mainly with the wife. From what I can gather, he's been worming his way into their company, claiming to be some sort of investment agent, ingratiating himself with the poor woman until she's all but wrapped around his little finger. The husband is at his wit's end. James, the, the fellow's a confidence trickster, plain and simple. I've no doubt he's after their money, and I venture to say it's not the first time he's done this kind of thing. Yes, well, he wouldn't be the first with that modus operandi. A scoundrel living off the naive generosity of others. What else? Aye, well, that's where things get a bit complicated. Really? How do you mean? So, I, I managed to get into the house to get eyes on this Fitzgeorge. Uh, let us simply call him uh, the subject. Uh, hearing that name turns my stomach. Right enough. Uh, I managed to get eyes on the subject. Some fancy party the wife was having. Uh, heard him telephoning someone called Thomas. Does that name mean anything to you? Tom, uh, no, no, I don't believe so. Uh, anyway, there was uh, an incident. Uh, I'm sure Fitz subject uh, was involved. Uh, the wife had some kind of fainting fit, uh, and I'd wager good money he was behind it. I see. Please, continue. Well, the upshot of it was that the husband engaged us to find out as much as we can about him. Apparently he grew up across the channel, so that took us off to France. Uh, a moment, Aidan. You say us? You have engaged another detective for assistance? Uh, I, um... Well, I, something of the sort, uh, I, I'm being, shall we say, assisted in my inquiries. Anyway, we found the house in Paris where he supposedly lived, but it was empty. From what we could tell, nobody lived there in years, and... Uh, and? Um, look, James, I know you're a God-fearing man and all that, but... But? It sounds ridiculous to say it out loud in the cold light of day. You laugh. Try me. Well, you remember Mons? What the soldiers say they saw? I do. Just hallucinations, they say. Aye, they do. Well, this house was... Uh, I don't really know how to put this. Uh, guarded. I see. Please carry on. Well, okay. Cut a long story short, we found something there. Some kind of instrument or, or key or something. A, a key, you say? What kind of key? Oh, well, I, I can't really say. I, I'm not even sure it was a key. Uh, about uh, a foot long it was, made out of some odd kind of metal. And, and James, I must have been hearing things because... I, <sighs> because? Well... You'll never believe me. Uh, try me. Well, I could have sworn it kind of, well, sang, you know? Well, not exactly sang. More a kind of music, a ringing. Sort of like a tuning fork or something like that. Nice. You must think I'm a fanciful Egypt. 
Aye, time was I would have, Aidan, but things are different now. Go on. Look, Jamie, this man's dangerous. I mean, really dangerous. I see. If he's got his eye on the Fitzroy fortune, then you need to be careful. And I mean, watch your back. Beaton's man Turnberry found a travel itinerary at his house in London for the Orient Express. I think he's headed your way. He's already arrived. He's here in Venice. Oh, uh, don't I, don't concern I, yourself, Aidan. Uh, we we have things in hand for the time being. My travelling companions are aware of the danger this man poses. No, no, I really don't think you are. He's he's a powerful man, Jamie, and I don't think he would blink at taking a life. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Aidan. I'm very glad to have you on the case. But you should be careful too. Don't go running headlong into the firing line. You need to think of your own safety. Aye, aye, well, I've learned that right enough. I underestimated him in Paris and it nearly cost me dear. You should make sure you don't do the same. I will bear that in mind. What are your next steps going to be? Well, as ever, follow the trail. Which, I suppose, is going to take us to Venice. But I dare say you'll be gone by the time we get there. Very well. Please, keep me informed as best you can. Good luck to you, Aidan. And to yourself, James. Take care now, and and please, be careful. Yes, you too. Goodbye for now. Goodbye, James. Richard, you end up deciding for the best, probably, to leave your hotel room. It's easier that way than trying to explain things to yourself whichever self you're going to explain things to, and uh, you head downstairs. What does Richard say? I guess he's probably going to head towards the dining room. Yeah. You see Maggie faithfully eating breakfast, as she always does. She seems to be in a quite pleasant mood just from the edge of the stairs here. Well, Richard is somewhat heartened by that. Um, so that's that's good news. Um, he'll wander over and... Ah, good morning, Maggie. Hello, good morning, Richard. Um, did you sleep well last night? I feel that I did. I actually woke up feeling well and yourself. Um, I fear I'm a little shaken still. Well, possibly seeing things, you know. Um, we have been on the road for quite some time now, and, uh, I don't know, maybe it's these, uh, foreign beds I can't sleep in properly, but, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I, uh, I'm going to get some tea. He'll just um, shuffle off and get himself some tea and come back. The staff won't have any of that. They're going to serve you tea. There's no way you'll be getting it yourself because there's no way for you to do that as they control the kitchen. Not a holiday in Express, is it? He, he probably doesn't have to go over to the little hot water urn and, uh, yeah. But you can tell what class of hotel I normally stay in, so. The serving staff there are happy to bring out tea. And then they'd ask you if there's anything else you'd like. Is there a happy to afford you reasonable breakfast? Although they do tell you that there are no fish available today for breakfast. Hmm. I think Richard's just going to ask for some uh, boiled eggs and a piece of bread. Easily done. Maggie says, that's perfectly fine. I don't think Richard likes fish for breakfast anyways. Um, I'm... Uh... Keener on the bacon, tomatoes, mushroom, uh, maybe a full English, but uh, uh, kippers were never my thing, I'm afraid. 
so the two of you have a wonderful breakfast together. Richard, you're probably struck by the quiet nature of the hotel. The Denali was not this quiet before. You could even read a book in here, maybe. Well, he thinks better of it. It, it seems a little quiet in here. Do you, do you think we're the only ones here? Us, as in our, our party. Simon was just down here. He went outside. No, 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 no. I, I mean, the, the general background noise. It's It's as if the hotel is, well, seemingly empty. It's quite possible that people are getting out of town with everything that's going on outside. They're burning bodies, Richard. They're what? They're burning bodies outside. Um, whose bodies? Well, I don't know them personally. Well, well, well no, of course, but um, are they people who have, oh, I don't know, been shot or are they ill or... I don't know, Richard. Piles of bodies. Piles of bodies? My word. Do, do you think we should uh, find out what's going on and if it's terrible, perhaps we should, um, well, cut short our visit to Venice? I don't think that's an option at this point. I really want to end up on a pile of burning bodies. I don't know about, about you, but um, it'll be quite painful. Yes. Well, uh, I think the faster we can take care of our business here, the faster we can get out of here. I know you are keen to collect um, all of these parts. Yes, I... Well, there is some truth to that. We should... Um, we should get on with it, I think. No point in beating about the bush. Well, either... Oh, I don't know. I, I, either go and get this um, leg, I think it was. Yes, I believe so. Or, um, or get going, one of the two. I believe we must do the former first. And then we can get going. Yes. Should we rally the troops then? We, we should. Um, did you say Simon was somewhere? Outside. Oh, just outside? He's, he's not gone somewhere? No, he's outside. He was looking at the dead bodies, I think. Ah, he's a very practical man, isn't he? He is. Hmm. To that end, Simon, the local area around the hotel is not in a good state at all. The single pile that you saw in that alleyway is not the only one that you encounter. You encounter two more in your, say, two or three block radius sweep of what's going on in Venice. And it becomes very clear that between the black shirts that are around, who seem to also be rallying people to burn bodies, and the rather ecclesiastical groups who are trying to shepherd people into churches, the streets of Venice are going to clear out of the common folk fairly soon. The troubling part for that for you is that if the common people are not available to do the day-to-day work that Venice needs, the city in the coming days will grind to a halt. And that is bad for a number of reasons. Do I see any actual policemen or just black shirts while I'm about? Well, that's the troubling part, right? The black shirts are the police, as Mussolini's black shirts have control of the country. I thought that there were both while we were in Milan. Milan is not Venice. Okay, so here in Venice, we just have black shirts. I do not see any police or polizai. (laughs) Correct. All right. Simon is going to head back to the hotel. He's going to have to inform everyone that this is going to throw... 
a monkey wrench into the works, definitely for getting around because with so few people in the streets, we will be much more noticeable. Very well. You head back to the hotel and find the professor and Miss Bellinger having breakfast. Probably just wrapping up. I, I see the professor has joined us. He has. We were actually about to go look for everybody. We were thinking it is best for us to get on with our business for the day so that we can get out of town. Well, Miss Maggie, we can go up and rouse uh, Mr. Fraser and Lady E. Uh, if you would wake Lady E and find out what's going on to get us all together, but... After a quick survey, we're going to have to have a quick chat about what we're going to be doing today before we head out of the hotel. Things have changed. Yes, I can certainly do that. I was a little concerned. Um, Maggie said there were piles of burning bodies outside the hotel. Yes, what? they were burning a pile of bodies outside of the hotel, but there were others around the area that I could, I, I saw hints of or could smell. My word. Um, and who, who are these people? What, you mean the bodies? Yes. Or the people burning them? Yeah, yes, the bodies. They are residents of the city. Oh, uh, Maggie, I, I do think we should probably escape before the same fate, surely? Exactly, that's why we need to work faster, leg, and escape. Uh, uh Professor? Uh, yes. All right. I believe there's a phrase that we have to leg it. A uh, Professor? Yes. If you... You remember, the last time the leg was loose in the city, there was a plague. There were sick children yesterday. The waters have turned black. And there's uh, probably a plague because there are burning bodies, dead bodies. So this is all tied to what we're going to do. We can't run away from it. So grow a spine. um, Yes, yes. Uh, I'm only looking out for us, you understand. I'm not... um... You're looking out for yourself. Well, uh, we have to get this done. Uh, yes, quite. What, what have you done to your nose? I'm covering myself because, unlike you, I do not like smelling this stuff, and I don't like inhaling the ashes of the dead. Ah, I. Oh, um, Richard realizes all of a sudden that it's probably not um, some sort of roast pork or bacon that he can smell, but uh, mm. perhaps human bodies. He remembers his running with. Uh, Cannibals already. Indeed. In fact, if we crisp up the dead a little bit, are they not skinless? Mm. Anyway, Mr. Fraser, you finish your call. Uh, yes, so with all that in mind, um, uh, I'll head back up to um, back up to the hotel um, with uh, possibly um, even more urgency. Than, than I had before. I take it that um, he sees the pile of uh, bodies burning. Are there, are there any other similar sites on, on, the, on the streets? Not in that direction, no. Okay. Do there seem to be signs of this, uh, of this looting that um, the, the newspaper mentioned? I take it the streets are sort of fairly, fairly quiet. Streets are fairly quiet, yeah. You do see one of the shops that you passed by to get to the greedy hotel had boarded up its windows right okay yes that doesn't doesn't look particularly uh, good 
sooner we get uh, this sorted out and, and out of Venice, the better. And I think as as he comes closer to this uh, this burning bodies and you know, smells the uh, the acrid roasting long long pig in the air, he will take his uh, handkerchief out of his um, out of his pocket and place it across his, his nose and mouth, possibly dampening it if there's a a water fountain nearby. Or actually, I suspect what he'll probably do is go to dampening and, and, and then think better of it um, and just uh, just hold it. Any any water that uh, he drinks here is going to be thoroughly boiled and uh, head back to um, head back to the hotel. Um, and I guess you'll see the others um, downstairs in the, uh, in the, the restaurant because he hasn't had any breakfast yet himself. Indeed. Indeed. You're... Uh... You're getting back just as this kind of conversation is beginning to to wrap a little bit, and it almost looks like they're getting ready to stand up from the table. Uh, is it um, is it just the three of them, or is uh, mm-hmm. Lady Elizabeth has not yet joined them? Ah, oh, good morning, good morning. How are we this morning? Well, I believe in a rush. How so? The city seems to be burning, or at least the people of the city are burning, and we should likely complete our business and then be on our way. Yes, indeed, yes. Uh, somewhat uh, strange for them to be burning the dead in in the streets beside the hotels. I would have expected them to have cut them off to outside the city, but clearly not all is well in, in, in Venice. Uh, has uh, her ladyship been down yet? She is not. I was about to go rouse her. Well, uh, if you'd like to go up and see if you can uh, rouse her, um, then uh, I'll... Uh, I'll grab myself a, a, a wee spot of breakfast. Uh, Mr. Fraser, you, you noted out there that um, foot traffic has gotten a lot lighter, correct? Uh, yes, I think it's something to do with these riots and uh, this, this looting and, uh, and uh, the, the, the illness that seems to be spreading through the city. It's all very worrying. Well, I, th- I think that is going to mean that we're going to have to definitely be... Uh, our movements should be more surreptitious, sir. How do you propose that uh, we move in a surreptitious fashion? Well, let's not just be so open about it and just walk the street. Because if you notice that we're we are the only one walking that street, people will might remember us. I'm not really quite sure how we're going to get to from place to place unless we do walk the streets or take a gondola. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll think of something. Uh, I'm just going to get myself a cup of tea. You do that, and we'll talk about this. Uh, I have. I'm trying to think of what we can do as well. Aye, aye, very good, very good. Uh, you can tell that um, Fraser's obviously got something on his mind. So, uh, Miss Bellinger, you're going to wake Lady Elizabeth? I certainly am. Very well. The issue with that being Lady Elizabeth is currently in Paul's room. Ah, yes. You are in Paul's room. Having a conversation with our soon-to-be doctor. Clearly. I would likely go to Lady Elizabeth's room first and knock. And if she did not answer, everyone else is downstairs. Paul is still upstairs. I would probably assume that she was visiting Paul. Maybe she's not feeling well. I've been visiting Paul in the mornings, so. No, you knock on Paul's door. Hello, Paul, Lady Elizabeth. Come in. You step in. Ah, Miss Bellinger, good morning. I'm Lady Elizabeth. It's just speaking to our good physician here about uh, protection against the smell and the ash outside. It's a bit yes. worrisome. Mr. Griffiths has been holding a, a handkerchief over his face. Mm. Fairly effective. Masking has always worked in the past. 
Yes, well, um, as I was saying, Paul, my specific concern is with my other health conditions. Do you think a mask will be sufficient? Or are there other precautions you recommend? If it is in the water of the canals, the water of Venice cannot be trusted. And so it'll have to be boiled, all of it. Which is a great excuse to have tea. Not that one needs an excuse, but yes. Or wine. It's a fantastic idea. Though it might be a little early for wine, but it's always good for you, so... Lady Elizabeth, with everything that is happening in Venice, we were thinking that we should head out post-haste, complete our business here, and then be on our way. It seems as though... Many people have already vacated, either that or they're burning in the streets. Yes, on this we are quite in agreement, Miss Bellinger. I have had similar thoughts this morning, and I do not wish to stay in Venice. It has quite lost its charms. I agree. As of this morning. Okay. Um, He gives the both of you a medical mask to wear. Paul, do you have anything in a green or? Oh, uh, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. This will have to do then. You are free to dye it, of course, if you'd like. Paul, are you calling me fat? No, no, dye it. Oh. Not dye it. No, no. Of course. No, Miss Miss Bellinger, you seem to be, other than your known maladies, a picture of health. Thank you. Hmm. Well, shall we be on our way, Lady Elizabeth? Yes, I do believe so. Paul, do you wish to venture out, or are you quite occupied for the day? Oh no, I have managed to get a sample of this nasty black water, and I'm going to be doing some experiments on it. Do let us know what you find out. Oh, of course. And, uh, Paul, Hmm? enjoy your reading this afternoon. He raises an eyebrow. You have quite the taste in magazines. I'm just going to smile and leave the room. Maggie giggles. Paul blushes. Maggie follows Lady Elizabeth out. Farewell. So the two of you head back downstairs and the group is rejoined together as uh, Mr. Fraser is finishing up his bit of breakfast. Yes, I think as as soon as he sees um, Lady Elizabeth, Fraser will stop what he's doing and uh, uh, stand up. Ah, your ladyship... uh, You've joined us. Um, very good. Um, I wonder, um, might I have a quick word with you in, in private? Of course, Mr. Fraser. Uh, Miss Bellinger, can you inform the others we'll be there shortly? Of course. And I'll stop and move off to the side so I can speak to Fraser. Your ladyship, um, I have word from London. My man there has been uh, has been looking into the uh, situation... Uh, regarding the uh, uh, the claim to membership of the family, shall we say? And uh, well, well, he's he's given me some rather troubling news um, uh, about this uh, this fellow. It seems that um, well, it seems that he's some sort of uh, confidence trickster or, or, or something uh, of the like. He, he seems to attach himself onto wealthy families and. Uh, uh, and, and leech them, uh, as it were. From what he can tell, he has a, a number of uh, residences, uh, both in uh, in England and abroad. Um, he has a house in Paris, um, I've been uh, led to understand. 
Um, and, uh, well, my man uh, and his associate uh, found... They found something rather uh, rather concerning there. Some, some item that... Uh, I'm not quite sure what it is. It appears to be some sort of... Uh, he's not quite sure. Some, some sort of... Uh, Instrument, musical instrument, or, or key, or, or or something. He believes it uh, it is. Um, Both of ladies' eyebrows shoot straight up the moment she hears the word key. Uh, uh, yes, well, yes, I, I I think I know what you're thinking, but um, uh, from the way he describes it, it's it's not um, uh, of the size that would uh, fit the uh, the locks in uh, in in your book. Um, it's it's rather larger than that, um, but um, but still. Um, he, well, he warned me about this fellow, uh, and he sounded quite troubled when he did so. He believes the man to be uh, to be dangerous. Uh, I, I got the impression that he meant dangerous in a similar sense to, uh, well, to the the duke that uh, we encountered. Yes, well, I'd rather gotten that impression myself by this point. But you do know, Mister Fraser, he's in Venice. Yeah, oh, yes, I, I'm well aware. Yes, indeed. And he does apparently wish to meet. <sighs> well. If you remember. I do. I, I, I do remember. And um, I would I would urge caution uh, in, in such a meeting. I'm not going to walk into a room with him by myself, Mr. Fraser, if that's what you're insinuating. Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't for a moment imagine that you would. But uh, I'm not entirely convinced that meeting him at all is a good idea. Well, we may not have a choice in the matter, considering he seems to be following us around, but uh, do keep an eye out. From what my man has told me, I I get the strong impression that this this, this fellow is entirely devoid of any form of uh, morality or... Uh... Well, he is my father's son, so that does not surprise me in the slightest. No, I'm fairly certain he is at this point, Mr. Fraser... Social niceties aren't going to stand in any good stead at the moment. Fairly certain he is. I think it's more than that, though. Um, Your father may have been many things, but uh, a sadist, I do not believe, was one of them. And uh, my strong impression is that uh, that is very much what this other fellow is. Someone who would stop at absolutely nothing to get what he wants. And, And, well... It worries me gravely what he might do to, well, to you yourself or or, or to anyone that stands in his way. Well, it is very difficult to avoid very powerful men in this world, Mr. Fraser. Particularly those who've decided that the rights and possessions and lives of others have no meaning whatsoever when it comes to their particular goals. All we can do especially with this one being in town, is if he should show his face, stand up to him. Uh, Well... That's really all one can do at the moment. And be prepared, of course. I would prefer no one else be present other than yourself, if we can manage it. Because I don't trust him around the others. I, 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 I don't trust him around anyone, your ladyship. And... Uh, it, it's one thing standing up to a man and, and well we stood up to that fellow on the train did, did, did we not and, well, I still don't quite understand exactly what happened there but 
my, my, my fear is that, that, that this this fellow who claims to be your, your brother is he has strengths that he would use against anyone anyone in his path I would not be surprised Mr. Fraser however such things cannot stand in the way of doing the right thing no you're quite right you're quite right your ladyship uh, I, for one, do not intend to allow a bastard half-brother to run amok around Europe, doing whatever the hell he pleases, just because he happens to be a man. Aye, well, aye, right enough, your ladyship, but you're quite right. Such tyranny should not stand. As many a, many a brave boy fell fighting against the forces of tyranny. And, well, if we're not prepared to do the same, then... Oh, it's an insult to them. Quite. And she made a smile slightly. I think we're of the same mind, Mr. Fraser. Don't worry, I shan't be taking any unnecessary risks. I, I think caution should be our byword. Just let's do keep an eye out for him, shall we? Of course. But in the meantime, I do believe we have some dolls to see. Aye, indeed. Um... It did occur to me as well, uh, your ladyship, uh, um, and I'll say this as we're kind of maybe walking back towards the other group. Mm. This, whatever it is, is this 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 fuel or oil or whatever it might be in in the canals. It occurred to me that it must be coming from somewhere. Perhaps it's perhaps it's leaking out of a building. Perhaps it's leaking out of the, the pipework in, in the cellar of a building or, or something. Uh, within the city. Um, I don't know if, if it would be... I don't know if it would be worth trying to find where it is at its thickest and, and strongest in the water. That, that may well be an indication as to uh, as to where our, uh, our goal resides. That's an excellent idea, Mr. Fraser. Good work. Thank you, Ladyship. Uh, you never know. It might be a, a factory of some, some kind. Perhaps even a doll factory. So you rejoin the group, and in as such, with your collective information, you're going to head off to see a doll maker, yes? Quite. I've procured a mask for Fraser from Paul, by the way. Professor can do whatever he feels like. I don't care. He usually does. So the information that you have at this point, right, the Grimansi doll maker, or the doll factory, as they call it, is in the Canareggio district of Venice. And so this is directly north of where you're at. You can either take the Grand Canal from the hotel and go up the Grand Canal back towards the train station, or you could take some very thinner canal, some rios, until you get there and uh, then do a little bit more walking. Totally up to you. I would like to know which of the two avenues the group will be taking. Simon's suggestion was that um, we be as uh, invisible as possible um, when we're moving around the city. So uh, perhaps the rooftops. Well, I don't know about that, but definitely more along the back roads. I mean, the thing is, is we can't take the canals. I'm not entirely sure that there are very many back roads. I think it's mostly canals, isn't it? It is quite a few. There's obviously the Grand Canal and then the Rios that are the smaller streets here, streets in air quotes, 
Uh, there are some streets in Venice. It's just that you will have to take Rios to get to them. So you can, if you'd like to, you can stay out of the Grand Canal, but it's going to take you a little bit longer to get to the Gramancy factory. I think that would be best, though, to stay on land. What, what does everybody else think about that? Do you want to risk a boat ride on Blackwater? Not particularly, no. Um, uh, we've got a m- m- map of the, the city of uh, some kind, haven't we? Mm, we can, indeed. We just kind of work out how much longer it's going to take us if we just stick to the um, uh, stick to dry land, and how you know how practical it is to avoid the uh, the canals. And I think if it's uh, if if it's going to be um, relatively straightforward, that you know that certainly seems like a a reasonable idea to, to phrase it. However, it's, if it's going to be a, a massively circuitous route and uh, potentially um, difficult to manage, then maybe we're going to have to just kind of bite the bullet. And... I'll say it like this. It would not be a, a massive undertaking. It would probably add another half an hour to your journey. And how long would the journey be in total? Probably 45 minutes. Well, I think... Um... To be perfectly honest with you, Simon, a, a forty-five minute walk through the city. Um, your leadership, do you do you feel up to that? Well, at the moment, yes. Although I'm a bit concerned about the ashes in the air on such a long walk. What was the um, kind of the, the, the ash and smoke and that like in the air once I got away from the piazza and was heading down? Did it kind of dissipate fairly quickly? A bit. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean, that. So I think there's just if there's just one pile of burning bodies, then it's not you know it's not exactly going to pollute the entire city. It is one as far as you have seen it. Yes, but uh, well, not reported yet. Simon has seen a few others. To be perfectly honest uh, with you, Simon, I, I think I think we might have to bite the bullet. Uh, a three quarter of an hour journey there and a three quarter of an hour journey back. Well, this isn't going to get any any easier. Fraser, um, I hear what you're saying. Fair enough. Can we compromise? I'm thinking if we're going to be in a gondola, then let's take the most direct route possible without too much, because I don't want to be on that water. If any, if anything goes wrong or if any of us go in, chances are, since this thing is not natural, that um, we would get infected. I think maybe we're overthinking this. Let's just take the quickest route we can get there. What do you think, Miss Ballinger and uh, Professor Clinton? That sounds like a fantastic idea. I'm glad we've decided and settled on that. Yes. Yes, I guess we have. Okay. The group uh, collects itself and gets to a gondola. Uh, You notice just going into the water, there are fewer gondolas available. Some of them have been beached, in effect. They've been run up here and uh, tied down and there are several gondoliers who are not interested in going anywhere some of them are still though are 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 brave enough to uh go into the water and they begin taking you up the grand canal when you tell them that you're looking for the gramancy doll factory they know exactly what you're talking about that was something i was actually going to ask the others do we do we want to make it clear to the gondolier where we're going or um, do we want to um, go somewhere else and just walk a couple of streets to get to the factory? I think we're fine. <laughs> I think we can just let them know and have them deliver us there. 
and that is what they do. So they help you in, uh, every one of you. If you need an extra hand, they're here to help. And uh, they help you in, and they begin making their way up the Grand Canal. Uh, this trip up is much different than the last time you were in the Grand Canal. It is devoid, mostly, of boats. People are steering clear of being too close to it. And so there are some people that you can see walking along either side of the Grand Canal. But the tourist population in and around here has dropped considerably. Probably half as many tourists. Uh, And the real troubling stuff starts when you get past the first bend towards the center of Venice. That is when things begin to change. You can see on the left-hand side as you make your way up, there are several groups of what appear to be some sort of religious monks, perhaps. They're in all sorts of uh, trappings. You see the clothing of the Catholic Church here in Italy spread around, and they are being backed up directly by men clothed in black. The priests and the faithful here are wearing these very strange masks, pronounced noses, and quite frankly, it's it's a little unnerving just to see these groups of people. And as you get to the edge of that bend, before you bend back towards the west, you see that uh, there's a group of them and they're collected around a couple, a man and a woman, and they're shouting things at them in Italian. You're not really sure what. Even those of you who speak a fair amount of Italian, you're still too far off. I'll ask the, the uh, gondolier. Uh, excuse me, um, what are what are they shouting about? Hmm? Oh, uh, yes, uh, some silliness, I'm sure. Okay, I think Fraser will just let that lie. Clearly, the gondolier doesn't want to tell him what, what they're talking about. Actually, um, Mr. Mr. Fraser, make me a psychology roll. Um, yeah, sure. Let's see if you can learn something deeper. In two secs, I just need to move my dice. Let's move that a little bit. Psychology. So I have a psychology of 49. And that is a 27. That is a success. Fantastic. The gondolier knows exactly what they're saying. And he is, furthermore, he is concerned. He's trying very hard to not let on that he is very afraid. I think I'll um, just reach into my pocket. and um, I must say, um, you're doing an excellent job. I understand these are, are trying times and... Uh, uh, here, this uh, this is for you as a, a bonus, shall we say. For uh... Thank you, thank you. He happily accepts the additional funds. What's going on, Fraser? I'm trying to ascertain. Uh, what, uh, what what order are the, the priests there? Hmm? Oh, um... I've seen quite a few of them uh, around, um, around the city this morning. Hmm. Yes, yes. These are um, uh, the Church of San Angelo. You start hearing a very common, a word, you, you begin hearing a word that is repeated over and over. You seem to be rather concerned about something. They keep saying strega. 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 I, I don't recognize that word. I'm, I do, do apologize. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any Italian uh, at all. I probably should have uh, um, uh, read up a little before visiting your fine city. He uh, pushes the or deeper into the water and tries to continue your progress past this scene. 
can I make a charm roll to try and um, persuade him? Certainly. In fact, I will give you advantage through the hand of fate for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. 42 is my charm. Thanks to the hand of fate, that is a 40. He turns back over his shoulder and looks at you and says, Strega means witch. And that is where we'll call the episode to a close. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Horror on the Orient Express. And it seems that next episode we have a date with the Doll Factory. Thanks. Thanks.